Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with comic Andrea Romano. Andrea Romano, how the hell are you? I'm doing amazing, Brian. <laughs> oh, good. It's so good to hear because you're keeping us laughing uh, through the quarantine online. You are the Andrea Romano because, of course, you are. Yeah, the Andrea Romano. <laughs> Although um, I have the same name as a woman who was like a casting or a voiceover director like yes. in the 90s. Yeah, and you say on your like Twitter, it, you go, yeah. definitely not the one who worked on Animaniacs or Batman. <laughs> no, And I actually no, had to look that, that up because I, I knew about you. And I was like, yeah. I got to find this other Andrew Romano. Yeah, she's like famous amongst like, uh, you know, like DC and Marvel nerdy dudes who, who <laughs> send me messages saying, I just want to say, I just want to thank you for all your work. And I was like, I am not a 60-year-old woman. But you're writing for Cracked, and you do sketch and things like that. And where, you know, how have you been keeping busy during the quarantine as far as comedy is concerned? Uh, well, I'm like a freelance writer, so it's like being freelance means you're just kind of like constantly looking for jobs. You're constantly looking for work and like ways to get paid for what you do. Um, and I'm lucky enough that I I do support myself on writing for most. Oh. Of I've done. You know, I've done like one-off co- uh, columns for Cracked, as you mentioned, um, and then like I, I'm a daily contributor for Travel and Leisure, um, and I've just kind of been lucky enough that I've been able to like I do support myself just doing writing. It's not always comedy, but yeah, wow. I've been uh, yeah, it's been a little stressful because like working for Travel and Leisure, um, you no one's traveling right now. <laughs> <laughs> you got the leisure thing down pat though. Leisure is great, um, <laughs> but like most of the time, I'm writing stuff where it's just kind of like, yeah, hey, we're all stuck in our homes. Here's a virtual thing you can do, <laughs> um, and it's and it's just just a shade depressing. Um, but you know, people really like that stuff where it's just like just looking for any kind of entertainment and escape is good um yeah because they're even saying you can have access to to museums like the louvre or something and they have a you know video tour that is almost as good as if you were there i mean it's just like high quality digital it's it's taking you as if you're walking through the louvre it's it's doing close-ups on all the great artworks i mean have you done anything like that you know just coverage of you know those kind of locations those tourist locations that you can see remotely Oh, I absolutely have. Um, back in March, I did a post that just kind of blew up on Travel and Leisure. That was, um, it was all the virtual tours you can do through Google Arts and Culture. And like that just, that was like one of the, it's definitely my best article, but one of the best articles um, that performed. You're probably the person who turned me on to this fucking phenomenon. <laughs> I was like, what the <laughs> hell? I can like see the... Ve- you probably me- didn't know it, but it was yeah. me. I yeah, the Venus, de, the Venus uh. de Milo. Yeah, so like doing all this thing takes so much hustle to kind of making sure, make sure you have all these irons in the fire so that like your writing actually pays for you to be both travel and leisure. But um, it is so funny because like the first your pinned tweet here, it talks about there are no hobbies, only side hustles. Here's my my piece for little old lady. And I love yeah. that. You're, you're one of these people who's kind of making comedy out of the fact that uh, you can leverage anything into kind of a side hustle. Absolutely. And and honestly, I hate the side hustle culture. I hate the term side hustle (laughs) Um, because most of the time people's side hustles are the things they actually want to do, but like they have 
very little means to do it. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of like, yeah, I want to be an artist for, you know, my actual job, but I have to be a bank teller instead because I don't have like rich parents who will like, you know, give me a career boost and things like that. I just feel like the side hustle thing is like a way for making people feel okay that the fact of the fact that they aren't rich and it's just kind of like, it's mostly like, you know, people who are, you know, regular old folks um, who don't have, and who didn't like, you know, they didn't like go to a private school or they don't have like parents who are movie producers or stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I, uh, I work, it's like, you know, yeah, I work in data entry, but I also make films. And it's just kind of like, and we treat the films as if, oh, that's your hobby, that's your side hustle. No, you know, you're trying to love. make it trying to make a few minor ducats that way. <laughs> uh, and it's just kind of like, no, 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 that's actually my passion is the yeah. side hustle. It shouldn't so, be on the side. And I love that. You're, you're like, you're trying to present it as something like they're not making money at it yet, but the way you presented it was they're not rich already at something else. I love that. Like if they were rich, yeah, their filmmaking would, would not look like a side hustle. They'd look like they're a successful filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. Even Fred Armisen was talking about, you know, there's all these specific little shops in Portland, like, you know, one spoon, one saucer, like, you know, that's the spoon and saucer store. And mm -hmm. on the Upper West Side, it's kind of the same thing. They have all these little boutiques. You're like, how the fuck do these things stay open? But I think it might be a tax shelter for a rich spouse. Like, meaning if you're a rich, rich Maybe. person, yeah, a rich person on Wall Street and your spouse is like, I need something to do. He's like, well, let's set you up at the money losing business that you love. And if it doesn't make money, it's fine because that will be kind of a loss so that we don't get taxed as much at the end of the year for my big time income. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Like we, I live in Greenpoint. So that's like, I live like right between Greenpoint and Williamsburg. And there are just a thousand <laughs> cute little haberdasheries with little oddities and figurines and things in them. And um, I'm just kind of like, and nobody's ever in these stores. These stores yeah. are they're adorable. I wish I could afford like $50 kitchen uh, towels or whatever, um, but I can't. And so I mostly just go in and look at stuff. And um, that's pretty much most of their like business, I think. It's just people who just want to be looky-loos and, and look at all the pretty things that they have, but they don't buy anything because it's so overpriced. Yeah, and I wouldn't um, even walk in there because I'd worry that he'd come out with fifty dollars towels. <laughs> You're gonna have that salesperson who hasn't seen anybody all day come chat you up, and and you almost feel sorry for them, even though they're the one with a fucking expensive ass store in Williamsburg. It's, it's like how the like, fuck? Yeah, cut down on your overhead a little bit. Maybe I'll. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would not enjoy that. I would not like. You know, they're like, I didn't want to start a. a a profitable store in Jackson Heights, Queens, or something. <laughs> I wanted a pretty, a pretty store that somebody else was paying for. <laughs> and one thing I liked about your topics, you had a lot of, you know, I have the the comic suggest topics because I, you know, I like to pick the ones that I also am into. But one nice theme of yours, if I could kind of read, is was mm -hmm. being healthy even though everything is trash. Freelancing, looking for jobs, even though everything is trash. Being funny online, even though everything is trash. I thought the trash thing is hilarious. Like, you know, is there any, um, like, for me, I tend to think, and one of the reasons why I'm not doing stand-up is because I'm not very interested in, like, looking at my life too carefully because it's just, it's almost painful to look at too close up. And, like, you know, everything in society, it's like nothing is really new to me, maybe because I'm a little bit older, 
but like there's nothing really worth talking about that wouldn't annoy me too much to get on stage nightly to do it so just mm-hmm. like and even like that's why i don't really have passion for politics because i can see points you know i'm a lawyer so i could see both sides of every fucking issue and mm-hmm. like really i'm not passionate about anything because everything has its fucking flaws like yeah tell me the tell me the andrew romano theory behind everything is trash because i love it um well it's just kind of like like i've always been kind of um like uh I wouldn't say that I'm a pessimist. Like, I do think I'm an optimist. It's more of, like, I feel um, there is this really funny guy who's, like, a YouTuber who used to work for BuzzFeed called Shane Madej, and he calls himself existentially grounded, and that's what (laughs) I call this. I'm like, yeah, you're right, Shane. Um, But I don't know him personally. But, um, uh, yeah, I kind of, like, see it's like yeah everything is trash like i think that's always been true like you could go back to the ancient egyptians and there will be people who's like oh this place it's like uh these romans these greeks you know it's just kind of like everything is trash everybody builds Um, these fucking triangle buildings these pyramids building all these buildings that we have to keep building (laughs) and this like statue buildings thing that looks like a lion but it has a human head like you're gonna um, fool people with this lion building? Yeah. Are they gonna think this is a lion? <laughs> oh, people won't be talking about this thousands of years from now. Um, <laughs> Who build the shit in the desert, man? I mean, build it in like you know by the Nile or some shit. Why? Why are we in a desert? Who's gonna come to the desert to see this lion building? Yeah. Jeez. Um, but like, I feel like there's so much pain in the world. Like it. And I feel like people who are just, like, constantly happy and positive, like, that's just ignoring the rest of the world, you know? And it's just kind of like, I don't personally feel like living in a bubble. Um, so it's just like, and I feel like that, like, positivity culture where it's like, just be happy. Like, that is toxic to me because it it tamps down all those bad feelings. Like, we're humans. We're allowed to feel bad feelings. Um, oh, yeah. Because if you don't indulge them now, you're going to fucking, they're going to they're gonna come roaring back in a midlife crisis or something. Yeah. And I've gone through years of therapy to realize this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so listen to what she's saying. She's the Andrew Romano, damn it. <laughs> I'm basically a therapist. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I can get all my therapy secondhand through comedians. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're all always in treatment, so you know <laughs> we know we know some things. Um, and I, but and I think that like like for me, I'm never too negative and I'm never too positive. And one of the reasons why I don't get too negative about all the awful shit that's going on is because I'm because I'm relatively powerless. Like even mm-hmm. somebody's like, oh, like early on, somebody's like, oh, you're skeptical that there's a pandemic. And I'm like, no, like I'll do everything that I need to do, but yeah. I'm also powerless to fucking stop it. Like me gnashing my teeth about how X, Y, and Z is happening. Like, no, I can only put on a mask and stay at home and not interact with people. I can't fix this fucking shit. So me not caring about it is not because it's not, you know, worthy of my care. It's mm-hmm. because I have no power to do anything, even if I did, you know, agonize over it all day long. Yeah, you really only have power over yourself. And yeah. I wish more people took that seriously. Like, I would love it if I could. Like, I personally don't um, harass people who are wearing their masks wrong um, yeah. because I don't want to, like, get hit in the face. 
Um, <laughs> it was like, I never know how, what kind of anger level we're uh, dealing with um, on, when it comes to strangers. Yeah. But I, it does bother me because it's like, I was, um, I got sick in May um, oh. and I had all the symptoms and the antibody test ended up being um, negative. Um, but those are also very wrong and my and my doctor told me so but like the fact that and like i've actually been sick more in the last like five months than i have in over a year really (laughs) i've just been getting all these viruses and all this like throat and uh upper respiratory stuff and is it because your immunity your, your immune system is compromised because you haven't been able to kind of be out and be active or no possibly i have yeah. no idea i just know that i have like had you know I, just like a, a week or two ago i had like uh, a pretty angry virus that like um like made my tonsils all bad and like all that stuff i won't go into detail um but like i i was just kind of reflecting on how it's like i haven't had like an angry virus like this and like since i was a teenager like wow. it's sick like totally like can't get out of bed type of sick um but i love it because you said being healthy even though everything is trash like do we think like even if you had eaten better foods or something it wouldn't work because foods are shit anyway now like you know they, they breed you know they i guess it's not breed carrots but they uh, i guess they breed carrots for for what they look like rather than what they taste yeah. like or what their nutrient level is true and, like, there's that whole thing about how, like, bananas taste differently than they used to. And that's why artificial bananas, um, like, tastes fake to, to us. Because our bananas that we have now, like, that's more than 30 years or something, are different. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, like, I personally don't really believe in, like, you have to, you know, because, like, look, we're all mortal and uh, eating kale every day and uh, all that stuff is is depressing. Yeah. And it's really not going to stop um, what will eventually happen to all of us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I don't I don't I try I, I try to be healthy, of course, like you should always like be taking care of yourself. But um, I don't worry too much um, when it comes to. Uh, days where it's just kind of like I am just going to have some fried chicken and cry yeah. and like just deal with it, you know. Because because the like, thing you think is going to kill you is not the thing that's going to kill you. <laughs> You're exactly. going to you know we are all going to die of something, and it's probably not the thing we expect. Exactly, and I personally think that food is. I don't see food as medicine or food as fuel. Um, food is so much more than that. It's culture and it's history and it's flavor and it's all these other things. Um, oh yeah. Like I'm a food addict myself. And so to me, it's like the only thing that makes life worth living. (laughs) Like I think I read an article (laughs) recently where they were saying something like they did a, finally did a study of people who fasted between 34 and 58 hours. And they're saying like at hour 34, there's a surge of all these fucking things in your body, substances in your body that are good for you that mm-hmm. nobody knew like and, and they might yeah. be antioxidants like so all of a sudden all these these anti-aging things kick in and so mm-hmm. you don't have to consume these things to get it like food as medicine it's almost you could just fucking not eat for 20 for 34 hours and all these things would naturally surge in your body um sure. but to me it's just like 
you know, although I could, you know, although I've done that and I've had successful diets and successful fasts and things, it's just like, that's not really, life is not full enough of cool shit that's not trash, as Andrew Romano would yeah. say. Like even online comedy, you said, you know, one of your top, <laughs> topics is being funny online, even though everything is trash. Like, yeah. like very quickly, you know, I only follow comedians pretty much i only retweet former guests and you know there's about 100 170 of them by now and so mm -hmm. so if something happens chances are i'm getting the funniest joke on that thing in about five minutes like meaning oh, like yeah. Three, yeah three or four different people are, are joking about the same thing probably from different angles but mm -hmm. by but then it's like anybody who's coming with the tenth joke i'm just like no i've seen that <laughs> so mm -hmm. at that at some point that's trash meaning the tenth joke you know that I've already oh, yeah. heard three minutes earlier is going to be trash compared to the first joke, and so yeah, explain the Andrew Romano everything is trash with respect to being funny online. Ah, uh, I mean it's there's so much groupthink online um, that it's like yeah. it's hard to come up with a really fresh angle um, as much as you might try. Um, you just kind of have to make it your own, and honestly, it's um, I they say that the 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 recipe, the secret sauce for um, comedy is is um, tragedy plus time. Um, and so obviously I never want to be super duper mean. I never want to like punch down. Um, and so like I have like certain rules when it comes to like making jokes where I, I don't want to make jokes about things where people died during yeah. them. <laughs> um, I don't <laughs> like to make fun of children unless it's kind of like you know, look at this silly kid who like was jumping on a trampoline and did a crazy thing. Um, I don't know, right. but like, I don't like to make fun of children. Um, I don't like to make fun of people who are like powerless in their situation. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. the I, that's the definition of punching down. Um, so, um, I mean, it's so hard. Like as I was saying before, it was just kind of like it's the world is, is full of awful things. And sometimes, and especially recently, like, especially within like the last four years, um, so to speak, uh, it's been, <sighs> it's been so hard to be funny and want to be yeah. because it's just, everything is trash, you know, it's like, and things just keep getting, it feels like things just can't get worse. And then they do. And how do you come up I mean, as, as a freelancer though? you know, knowing that there's already people on staff at certain places who are made to immediately come up with the first and second takes on something. How as a freelancer do you pick what's actually going to get accepted? Like, are you like, okay, well, let's look at the third angle on this thing. Like my first two thoughts on Trump were first that he's orange, number two, his hair is weird. The third mm -hmm. is blah, blah, blah. Like, do you find yourself like not submitting the first and second thing because you think they will have already been written on by the time you pitch? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I have, I have a really great, I've had a couple of really great satire teachers, um, Jessica Matolo and Caitlin Kunkel, who I just did a workshop with. Um, they are involved with the Belladonna and they, um, like both of them in there, and they're also involved in Second City. Um, they, both of them, their advice was when you're brainstorming, just write down whatever you have, but the first two ideas, probably not the best idea, probably not the right. best angle because other people have probably thought of it too. Yeah. Um, and another great piece of advice was, is to 
um, just think about a story or an, a topic in relation to you and your specific experience. Ah. Um, and that is usually what breeds a really good angle because it's like, you're you and you had your experience in life and you have your own identity. Um, and like, how does this topic relate to you? And in terms of your own identity, I guess. Um, yeah. And that's always really good advice um, is to, um, they say brainstorm in abundance and then go, you know, you know hone it down. Yeah, like two di two different brains. One is the writing brain, one is the editing brain, and you shouldn't let the editing brain kind of interfere too soon in the process to fuck with your writing brain. Right, and it's uh, it's almost like the same like writing advice you get. Like this quote is attributed to Ernest Hemingway, but I don't think he actually said it. But uh, write drunk, edit sober. Write drunk, edit sober. I fucking love yeah. that. And then, I mean, do you find yourself like, so I guess, you know, the first two thoughts are probably not that original because everybody will have that same thought, but you can mm -hmm. also, you know, attack the third and fourth idea, but you can also probably attack those first couple ideas either through the personal lens, like you say, mm -hmm. or have you ever been like, let me now take the other side of the first couple mm -hmm. ideas, like knowing that everybody out there is going to be trafficking, trafficking in ideas one and two let me get the counterpoint ready for ideas one and two or is that just going to be totally off brand brand for something like politics like it's not like you're going to start writing the pro-trump i don't even i can't even get on the other side of that issue yeah. um i can't even wrap my mind around it anymore uh but like um i think it depends i think in terms of politics yeah that would be really off brand <laughs> yeah but with other um, things you could take the first but with other ideas. things you could try to and you could like satire is uh, comedy writing and satire it's a lot about like kind of bending certain certain topics around uh what what you think and how to get your point across um without it being and so it's like most satire you should probably read it sarcastically like it's like you should never write something that feels too real um and so if you're writing like a, a on the other side of some issue um in a, a point that you disagree with you have to make it very clear that you disagree with that point okay. um, and it one way of doing that is just um you know uh escalating it to a ridiculous level yeah and then and that, yeah i think in law school is the, re, the, re, the reducto ad absurdum like taking it to its like its illogical ending or whatever yes and that's advice that's just been given to me i'm definitely not an expert um i've been doing comedy a long time but uh i never try to position myself where it's like i know exactly what this is but i have been observing and analyzing and dissecting comedy my entire career which has been over over 10 years now yes uh, I would oh, yeah. Hope so like yeah, for, for a 10-year veteran like you know how can you take like a an rnc convention coming up and adopt a republican thing but doing it in an absurd um you know just an absurd way you know taking it to its illogical extreme like if you came off as a pro republican writer during the convention what do you think you could uh you know, make it clear that you're being absurd, but be a, a, ostensibly a Republican. Yeah, I mean, like, I think um, Jordan uh, Jordan Clever has done a really good job of, like, taking on that persona. 
Okay. Um, when he was with The Daily Show and when he had his own show, um, he did take on that like super clean cut Republican persona because that's how he looks. Um, and he found a way to skewer that side of the argument while also like appearing to agree with it. Um, and so if you really want a great example of that, I would definitely watch um, uh, Jordan Klepper's show or watch some of his old clips from The Daily Show. Um, but like through but writing, like, through writing, would you be like, oh, there's not enough QAnon in this Republican convention? Um, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I would definitely, it's like, we need more QAnon stuff. Um, <laughs> QAnon is like, oh my God, that is such a beast. To, yeah. There's so much to unpack about it. Um, oh, I love but, it. Yeah, there's too much RNC in this thing. We should add a Q. Yeah, out of queue. So, Andrew, yeah. Amanda, we're going to be checking out your your content. Hopefully, there'll be some RNC content. But regardless, we'll track it. The Andrew Romano across all social platforms at andrea-romano.com. Andrew Romano, thank you so much. You're welcome.